This episode of Good Sheilas is proudly sponsored by Colmeo Designs. Colmeo Designs is a bloody excellent lady startup created by a very talented mum, Yana. Colmeo Designs hand makes beautiful standout pieces of jewellery which will take your outfit from tired to inspired. Tragic to magic. Pedestrian to equestrian. <laughs> okay, we ran out. Visit Colmeo Designs, K-O-L-M-I-O, on Instagram and support an excellent local business. Listeners get 25% off at checkout by entering the code GOODSHEELERS. Fun fact about Lawrence. Mm. One of Lawrence's greatest achievements in life is leading his Riverina High School to victory at Rocker Stedford, wearing a black unitard and white face. <laughs> so good. Thank you. I'm really, yeah, I feel, I'm feeling a little mocked. I don't know. Like a drug-free high? Like a drug-free high, yes. As opposed to the drug-induced high that I'm on right now. Um, also, Riverina High School. Can you please just, can we, can we get the correct terminology? St. Francis of Sales Regional College, specifically Catholic Christian School <laughs> in Leeton. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, it was rigged. The Catholic Church. Hello and welcome to Good Sheilas, the podcast that will turn your stomach and warm your heart as we reflect on what makes all of us tick. I'm Bron, a Melbourne comedian. And I'm Claire, a human rights lawyer. And we're longtime friends, short-time mums, and lifetime dickheads. Each episode we tackle something in the media as well as something in life that's kicked us in the guts. So strap yourselves in, mongrels, and get ready for good sheilas. G'day, mate. Hello. Hi. Hi. This week we have a special guest. Holla, holla. We have fellow comedian and dead set legend Lawrence Driscoll. Lawrence is our dear mate who is a raw state finalist this Thank year. You. You've Don't done forget that before. It. This is another time anyway. Uh, he's a super <laughs> exciting new new name in Melbourne uh, comedy scene. Um, and so we're fucking thrilled you're here today. So thanks Thank so you. much for thanks coming. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. Honestly, I've been uh, listening to so many of your podcasts. <laughs> oh, that's very kind. Two of them, I think. <laughs> How many have you done two? You've done two? You, Claire, this is actually our 14. Fuck me. Okay, I've got a lot of catching up to do. Talk about okay, that, guys. I know it's them, like a... Some of them are shockers, but... <laughs> the ones they've brought in them. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> but... When she pays. Yeah. <laughs> You're paying me to be here. <laughs> so we're really excited to have you here. Um, it is a strange time. We usually... You are yes. the first bloke we've had oh, wow. on the podcast. Mm. We've had, we've had very few guests. Um, hardly anyone wants to come on. It's crazy. <laughs> no, We're trying why? to get the dick clicks. Yeah. <laughs> 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 but we do because we like throw around our femo stuff a lot. You generally fucking femo oh, shit, Jesus. Oh my god. Here she goes again. It is. Um, we do get mostly female listeners, and then uh, we tend to have female guests. We're really excited that you're on to give us that. Masculine it, perspective. It's so masculine, isn't it? <laughs> it yeah, is I don't, I, I'm not quite sure whether you're going to get it from me, <laughs> but I shall do my best. Uh, what, 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 what? 
from the world of masculinity would you like to know about? Uh, Riverina. Oh, Riverina. <laughs> so Lawrence is from the Riverina. I am also from the Riverina. I'm from Coolerman, which is near Wagga. And yes, Lawrence, you are from? from Milbrulong, which is also near Wagga. These are not real places. These are not real places. <laughs> we are just making them up for shits and gigs. Uh, I always say, I used to say in my act, Milbrulong is an indigenous word that means place of no mobile reception. <laughs> But now we finally have mobile reception, so I'm going to take that out of my act. And now I say it's a, a, in, Indigenous for uh, patchy Wi-Fi. Oh. But you've also... Hilarious. Had... <laughs> but you've also... Let's just move on from that, shall we? But you've also said it's Indigenous for something else, and this is one, that, one of your... Oh, yeah. Uh, homophobic cunts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Who would have guessed? Yeah, I know. What a fun place to be born into. I mean, if anyone ever talks about nature versus nurture, if they argue that, you know, it's nurture, I mean, really, I was born into probably one of the most heterosexual environments to two of the most heterosexual people and came out gay as fucking Christmas. <laughs> And we're so glad you did. Thank God. So yes. we're thrilled to hear on this episode. And we're going to cover a couple things this um, this time. This one, the the first thing we're going to cover is something we've noticed in the news. Claire, what have we noticed in the news? We have seen lots of influencers flapping their bits in front of protests to get likes. Yay. Yes. So it's now June 2020, and in true form, this year keeps pouring out a putrid river of sewage. Most recently, we've learned that Melbourne keeps on ruining it for the rest of Australia by feeding the coronavirus dragon. Shout out from Coburg. Yeah, we sent her up the virus. Oh, yeah, oh, mate, sorry. Yeah. Told me that I have to get tested. Okay, great. Welcome. I brought my, I brought Welcome. my hand sanitizer. <laughs> I was mask? literally going to bring a, a, a mask, but. Oh, I'm so uh, sorry. Could have told me. Well, you've got it now. Shit. And Trump is claiming that babies are racist, because why not? And. Except, however, amongst the shit heap, there have been there has been one super important and powerful movement. So when it came to the injustices people of colour face in every aspect of our community, justice system and the social sector, the straw that broke the camel's back finally turned up. And if you didn't catch it, the camel is very, very bloody broken. Protests have unfolded, conversations are finally happening, people are starting to listen, and Instagram is on fire with woke posts. Most of this is great, you guys, and it's been a long time coming, and we're in desperate need of change. However, this uprising has been snapped up by some very opportunistic, wealthy white people, and that, dear listeners, can be problematic especially when they're taking up space and distracting the conversation from the voices that we should be listening to. But why is this happening? And is insincere engagement to get more likes better than staying silent? This week on Good Sheilers, we want to chat about the human trait of seeking legitimacy. We all do it to some degree. But where is the line between healthy and being an absolute We're doing it right now. Are we legitimate? I am. You definitely am not. I'm a wanker. <laughs> you are a wanker. Taking a close look at, at the unravelling of the protests in America, the UK and the Australia, we've noticed the message is often being hijacked by individuals' agendas. So, are privileged people using the current political climate to get more likes and follows? Our Instagram pages are jam-packed with our mates and celebrities pushing their political activism, which is on the surface is great, 
But taking a closer look, you have to ask why. Why did it seem to not matter to them until there was a picture to prove it? Will they care next week? Do they actually care at all? So let's start with the celebs. Lawrence, what have you noticed? Oh, goodness. Well, look, this is what you get when you don't have a Coachella, okay? <laughs> I'm just saying. These poor influencers. Oh, my God, so right. Influencers in the wild. They need something. They need something. They need oh. it. Oh, my God, you're so... I did not think of that. Because oh, it has to go somewhere, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah it's all that energy. All that <laughs> pent-up energy. It's going to burst out somehow. Oh, it's a Native American headdress. <laughs> Just in the More cultural place. appropriation. <laughs> Just come on. Black Lives Matter. So what did you notice? Have you noticed on Instagram about these protests? With, in, in, like... Talking about celebrities. Influencers, or, or do Influ- you talk about yeah. influencers? Influencers, yeah. yeah. I don't know the really good difference. Well, look, uh, yeah, that's the thing. I mean, I think influencers are pseudo-celebrities, but mm. yes, that, that's another that's another podcast. But yeah, so I've noticed, look, there's been... Uh, there's a there's a uh, uh, an Instagram account that I follow called Influencers in the Wild, and I think these were ones that that kind of brought a lot of this to light of the uh, the people the with the lovely long black flowy dresses standing mm. in front of um, marches with BLM signs and placards, and then would step off the road once that they'd gotten that shot, and then move oh, on. Yeah, oh, or or there was the one there was the the. Oh my gosh, I can't remember what her name was, but she basically has a Twitter account that, and a lot of these, a lot of these uh, influencers, once they've been caught out, they suddenly they're they're. Um, and when you say caught out, that means someone says, "I call bullshit on your." Well, they're, they're featured on these influencers in the <laughs> oh, wild, okay. and then people will find who they are. Like the the oh, it's gosh. that sort of that. The, then it goes the other way where people are threatening their lives and you know their personal safety, mm. which. I just kind of go. Oh, I don't know what what is going. On. Like I don't what, I don't know what to say. Yeah. Like how do you how do you broach both subjects? That, so the internet is broken. The people really, and everyone's yeah, a dick. Incredibly broken. <laughs> but there was that girl who like got out of her car, got her boyfriend or husband or partner, whoever, to film her with uh with like a, a drill like next to this guy who was clearly trying to do his job of boarding up a, 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 a looted shop or maybe not a looted shop but just boarding up a window took the photo handed the drill back jumped back in the car just like thanks so much guys okay so wait so she was driving along noticed a bloke trying to fix his own <clears throat> shop after it had been looted and smashed and she got out and said can I please borrow your drill for a photo yes Oh my god, this is incredible! Yeah. <laughs> For the likes, I can, I can just see it. But so someone filmed her doing that. Someone filmed her doing that. She hopped back in the car. They filmed her uh, number plate as well, <gasps> which has just gone around the world, and then yelled out. I think they said something like "boyfriends of Instagram," and then yeah, "Black Lives Matter." And then, but the, the, the also the, the the weird thing is that girl from the front seat just waved like. Oh. Yeah, thanks. I got it. She okay. Yeah, it is. And do you know we've? Do you know we've? Do you know Courtney Stodden? We've talked about. Oh her my god, oh, babe! How do you know Courtney Stodden? <laughs> well, if you listen religiously. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Shit. Yeah, oh my god, Courtney Stodden, my yeah. friend. Literally, my friend and I. We have this like 
a weird fascination with her. Love her. As yeah. in, like, I love to I love. She to got married her. to that guy. Yeah. She now they've broken up. I mean, it was kind of love. They were together for a while. Was they? Oh, I so don't know. They were together, together for a really long time. Oh, my God. No, you have done this. We have done this. We have done this. before. But he, she was, like, 16 years old and definitely stolen uh, from Oh, yeah, house. true. And so she has been left with this really kind of shell of an identity. And so this was like, this was a prime like time for her to be like, I can show people that I'm more than that, than the the child that married that old man. And so she's come out and her Instagram, which I definitely follow, is full of her with Black Lives Matter stuff like all the time. And, um, People are like the comments under any of her Black Lives Matter stuff are just like some some people are like oh we love you but most people yeah. are like this is a, this is a, like a stunt you are the worst yeah. da, 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 da. and then underneath like because she, she she takes the bait but she is the worst that's <laughs> yeah she's she, just like because curious. of what she was like oh, look she's a victim of like a, hor- a horrible predator that's but, true yes but he, I, I actually was, keep keep forgetting how young she was yeah, yeah. She was, she, how long ago doing? was this. So they were married for 10 years. Yeah, okay, so right. So she's like 26 years old. Oh, God, okay. So um, he, Rewind. so people people were like, like this, is a, <laughs> this is a publicity stunt. You are, you should be ashamed of yourself. Okay. And then she will write underneath that, like, get a grip, my best friend is black. Yeah, sure. And then that is the answer that we are told to never, like, you know, mm. like, this is all the education that's around mm. this. It's like, never claim this as something that, that we are, that we are personally like being hurt by so this is and this is what her responses are always like how dare you I'm fighting because my friend is sad and I am sad because my friend is like no wait sorry I'm really sorry this isn't about you I'm really sorry this isn't about you she's seeking legitimacy yes but I mean what was there before on her Mm. posts right like her in lovely bikinis like being hot like why why is this worse why is it worse that she is advocating for a cause you know she is an activist yeah maybe not the right activist but isn't isn't silence a form of complicity why do we light on when she i mean it's one thing to walk out in a video and steal somebody's hammer or whatever that crazy Mm. lady did Mm. but she's actually advocating and possibly changing minds what's wrong with that Look, I think when we we like to see through things, we do. We like we always like to poke poke holes in things. Mm-hmm. And when and I'm not saying Courtney, Courtney, my friend Courtney. Should, <laughs> I'm not saying courts should be quiet, but I am saying that I understand that people would see this easily as a publicity stunt mm-hmm. when yeah. we see these publicity stunts being yeah. outed all the time. Well, the I take responsibility video. Oh, stop oh, it! I mean, please. <laughs> okay. There are some like there are some celebrities in there that I I mean I like Alana Glazer Glazer can you tell us what that is some people might not have seen it before so the so the video is basically a group of celebrities white celebrities speaking to camera in black and white uh, about the BLM movement Mm. and saying that they take responsibility for for their actions, the world's actions, I was like, okay, everyone, we can all just calm down because the celebrities yep. are taking <laughs> responsibility. Don't worry about it. Let's we have all people just like Kristen Bell, Stanley Tucci, Kristen Miranda Bell. Let's play a clip. Yes, please. 
So what do we think? Did they help you? Are you less racist now? <clears throat> yeah. Well, because it was in black and white, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It meant it had that. gravitas. But also I loved it when that guy from Breaking, Breaking Bad, Bad yeah. like put his Broke hands down. together. <laughs> but like when he when he started with his hands together, like he was like praying. Like the, his emoji. He was the yeah. praying emoji. He was. And then How when he times? like properly became the character from Breaking Bad <laughs> in the last bit, yes. I was like, that's he, acting! He let loose. What I loved about it is the people who were obviously reading. Oh my god! Yes. One Looking at you, Stanley Tucci life. and bloody what's her name, Grace Adler, uh, oh, oh, <laughs> Deborah yeah, Messing. Yeah, what was going on? Like you're an actor, surely you've I heard know. a line before. Learn this one line that's supposed to be like so, so powerful to you yeah. that you are in black and white. Well, this like, doesn't even doesn't matter to them. It doesn't matter. They're just reading something that's going to get them clicks, yeah. right? They are bandwagon. Well, there's that. I mean, there's a lot of these. I, I haven't. I don't think I've seen that Piper girl since Coyote Ugly. Like she's she's yeah. coming back. She, she wants. Has. That's she, Stanley Tucci. <laughs> <laughs> so for those, for a little bit more context, this is a bunch. I love her. Like an absolute titload of. I am definitely talking. I'm sorry. A titload of celebrities have come on and said, and every single line is, "I take responsibility for," and then it will come off with for ignoring someone's the injustices that have happened yeah. to black people explaining away for, is... yeah and it is it is supposed to be it's repetitive it's supposed to like kind of symbolize the repetition that has happened with the injustices and that they are kind of hammering home that they know exactly what has happened and they are not part of the problem they are part of the solution and it is whitewashed mm. it is uh-huh. white people saying it is. I was a little bit a part of the problem before, but holy shit, not now. And it is your problem. And it, and, and it is and whoever who, whoever yeah. is racist right now, shame on you. And it's like, mate, what are you doing? This was not your time to talk. No, this was not. And it, it needed. It did not need to have these white voices come and say, "Hey, guys." Don't blame me. Yeah. See us. Like, what the fuck, mm. mate? And these are people at the apex of consumerist capitalist culture, right? They benefit from the way that we consume information, the way we consume media. There's this woman called Audre Lorde. She's a, she was a political activist, and she has this really famous saying called, you cannot dismantle the master's house using the master's tools. These guys have built their shiny mansions mm. with these tools. They're sitting in them, mm. looking down at all of us peasants and speaking down to us. They're not giving away anything by doing this. They're not sacrificing anything. They're not changing anything. Mm. They're just using their platform to benefit themselves. And it's so cynical. You know, if one of those actors stepped out and said, actually, you know, I was going to take a role in a film or I was going to work on this set where, you know, it was all white people and the production crew and I took a stand and this is what I did and I'm going to make everybody else follow the suit. That is activism. That video is not mm. activism. It I was is so show pony. But is this a cyclist moment though where we are just really fatigued? We have seen kind of the gap between our lives and that of celebrities and their power and their influence and we're saying no more? I mean, is it more symptomatic of the age of celebrity being a bit dead? Maybe. Yeah, I mean look, because these sorts of videos have been going on for for, for years. Mm-hmm. Do you remember the Make Poverty History videos? Oh. Another black and white video oh, yeah. with celebrities. That means it's important. It, means it's really important gives it again the gravitas <laughs> um, but they were standing in front of the camera and going oh that's clicking right. their fucking fingers and it must have been, like there's a few on the internet on the internet on the uh, on the YouTube and um and, 
And it, it must depend on what country you're from because, like, there was a British one, clearly, because it had Kylie. And I swear to God, it had every actor from Love Actually. Like, oh, my God. It's like Hugh Grant and, you know, you know uh, Emma Thompson and Colin Firth. Even, like, Claudia Schiffer got a fucking mention. And, and I remember just watching it going, I fucking hate Love Actually. Like, I really, really do. Anyway, but that's that's by the by. But they were, they were standing there clicking, and it became more about how they clicked their finger than about the fact, or what celebrity it was, yeah. than about the fact that they were trying to make history of poverty. Comedy. Like, again, like the, the, just... the hand in front of the mouth, this is Cameron Diaz. She's just standing there like this, like, like doing a little shush, and then she just goes... <laughs> <laughs> It was Thanks, hilarious. Thanks, Cameron. Thanks, Cameron. That wasn't the whole thing. Every <laughs> time it. I click my fingers, a child yeah, dies. Yeah, every three seconds. Well, stop clicking your fingers. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell, Kylie. Stop it. <laughs> George. Murderous. <laughs> right. Yeah, that is. It's no. just out of touch. Yeah. And I think that when someone is out of touch and, has a, yeah. and still thinks their voice matters... It yeah. becomes jarring and it makes you feel angry. And I think with uh, and bring it back to our own Instagram pages. It's during the the Black Lives Matter protests that were happening and they were wildly important. I'm so pleased that they happened, even though the government is now um, blaming the oh, yeah. second wave on that, yeah. which is outrageous because it's obviously the disgusting children's fault. It's all in schools, isn't it? Yes, <laughs> it's putrid. No one should ever have them. Breeders. <laughs> <laughs> Scott free, I'd be able to have 20 people to my birthday in August. But no, you had to go and have fucking kids, didn't you? I they're beautiful, they're beautiful children. Oh, I, I love them. They're gifts, yeah. they're gifts. I didn't plan them. So it is... <laughs> But it is like when I looked at my Instagram stuff, I felt like, especially when people were posting, and most people did, and I'm, this is not me, I, I don't want people to think that I'm attacking them. This is when people were posting the Black Square, or the Blackout Tuesday. I felt strange about that. And when it was happening, I was like, oh gosh, this, what does this mean? What does this actually mean? Does this mean that people feel like they're making a difference? Because this does not make a difference. This makes yeah. a momentary like blip in someone scrolling when they go oh black okay black 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 and there was lots of blacks and maybe they'd be like okay fine and if people genuinely like genuinely cared they would be like okay I'll do that and that is one thing and then I will reflect on all of these other things but there is how do we do that? And then they, and then Instagram did that made this hashtag, which was called "Show Your Receipt" or something like that, mm, yes. where people were posting their receipts to the donations. Mm. And what made, which is great, and that is we knew that people were donating and stuff. Yeah. But this was the other thing is like, would someone make a donation if they didn't, if they weren't going to post that? And this is where I'm coming. This is where we're mm. talking about is like this, like, like what, what, what are we doing? If it isn't seen, like it, it does, yeah. it, this seeking legitimacy mm. thing is so prevalent. And now that we've got social media to constantly remind people that we exist and who we are, it is like it's uh, it's on steroids, isn't mm. it? Mm. I th- I've thought a lot about this since we talked briefly about it last time about when when we when we did our own thing about um, you know donating. And at the time, I found the black squares really uncomfortable because I felt like it was a bit of a, you know, a gauze over the, the problem, which is that most of the time this is silent. But 
you know, there's, there's another movement pushing its way through the internet, which is silence as violence. The idea that if you don't mm. actually stand up and participate in the outcry, you are part of the problem. And being quiet on it is being part of the problem. And one thing I realised that is a really significant turn po- turning point is what companies are doing. So in the last month, you've had Disney, Netflix, Instagram, Facebook, all of these massive organisations come out and speak to the issue and say, we don't stand for this. Now, it's not the same as changing their systems and their business practices to stamp out, you know, institutional racism and decolonize, you know, what, what capitalism is. But four years ago, you know, Colin Kaepernick, 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 You guys have made that name up. Colin Kaepernick. Colin Kaepernick. It's a small town in the Riverine. Move on from that. <laughs> he got down on one knee in the in the American football because oh, he yes. was so horrified yes. by black people in custody. Yeah. yeah, and and he was he was completely blacklisted for, for one of a better phrase. Like yeah. people stopped sponsoring him. The movement was at a place then where people didn't care, and mm-hmm. and now we have gigantic multinational companies saying actually this is something we agree to, and that the sea of you know black squares and Instagram is symptomatic of that. It's a shift in the zeitgeist. This is a new movement where everybody says, actually, this is no longer okay, and people are following suit because they have accepted that silence is a form of violence. It's a form of participation. So maybe that black square does nothing. Maybe that black square is pushing broader systemic cultural change. Mm -hmm. So what was your view on the black square? Because I understand where you're coming from, and I have a different perspective, but what is yours, Lawrence? Well, I did the black square. I posted the black square. Uh, and I felt I do have to say, or just going back to silence is violence, because there there is I feel like there is there is a fine line to walk between uh, being saying something, but then also listening as well, which is something that that has been that like people say, well, you've got to listen now, and then when you're not saying anything, then it's why aren't you saying anything? So I felt saying something. With the black square. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to say anything. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The no, black square was... was my way of saying Excellent. something. Mm-hmm. But then also, that's that's all I said. You yeah. know, I did but... give money to the Aboriginal Legal Centre, but I mm-hmm. didn't post that receipt because I felt that was. Smarty. I don't know, I felt mm. that was virtue signalling. Totally. going, hey, look at me. But virtue signalling encourages other people <clears throat> to donate. And going back to your point, Bron, yes, they probably wouldn't have donated if there wasn't that movement. But without that movement, you wouldn't have small kind of community-led organisations having a massive influx of donations. That's yes. so desperate yeah. to do their good work. Totally. And, I, like, and I was, I'm not saying that either of these things are bad, but what I'm saying is this really honed in on if these movements didn't happen or if these were wouldn't be these people probably wouldn't have donated and these things these people wouldn't have said oh actually yeah uh no i'm upset about this in, uh, these deaths and incarceration so these like whilst these movements were really exciting if social media wasn't there i don't think these things would happen and i think that that is a little bit gross not terrible in the yeah. result mm-hmm. but i think it's a little bit gross that you know people are you know, going to protests and pretending to hold up signs mm. and then photoshopping signs into their photos. <laughs> it's like, what are you doing? Are people doing that? Yes, Seriously. Kylie yeah. Jenner did it. Oh, fuck. 
Kylie Jenner stood in front. Of, she stood in front of a um, a group of people, and she had a midriff on, and she looked very like a svelte and sexy. And she held up her hands, and in the Instagram photo, it said "Black Lives Matter" on her sign. And then someone oh, zoomed said. in and noticed in the shadow oh. she was holding no sign. So someone she just stood oh. there in front with holding up. She didn't bring one. What a day! And this is what I mean. Like I'm. Like, yeah. And this is so. I, I if I was a person of color, which I definitely am not, I would see this thing as people. Uh, profiting mm. over something that I felt like they needed to say something before or they needed to care about before. Mm. So whilst this movement's happening, I'm fucking thrilled, but I also think that it is a really interesting narrative on, on like, uh, how we seek legitimacy. Yeah. Mm, and the problem is the conversation will move on. The same people who are holding out fake signs are going to move on to the next social movement because this is how, this is how our community works we jump on things as they emerge and we move away when they don't have you know when they're not important anymore because we are attaching our own importance to the topic of the moment right Mm. and yes it might benefit you know movements or activists or organizations in a time that it's popular but the conversation will move on this is the fact thing about you know social injustice the conversation always moves on and you're always left with activists who deeply care or are affected Mm. by it and everybody else is like oh Mm. we're looking over here this is the thing we care about now and the same people will hang their hat and get their likes from another social cause but what do we do about it? But when you're out of context, when you're not in a circumstance where you normally would be, like recently I've been taking the dog for a walk alone when the kids are with their dad, and I'm at the coffee shop, and I like some like somebody be like, oh, what kind of dog? You know, how old is your dog? And I'll be like, I've got kids. <laughs> I want to stop uh. myself. It's really strange. And, like no one's asked. No one cares. Uh. Maybe they weren't even talking about my dog. Like uh, I just I find a way to inject that into the conversation, and yeah. I'll be like, yeah, she's really great with kids. I've got two kids, and they're like, I don't care, and I don't, and I walk away going, why the fuck did I do yeah. that? But I keep doing it's like a weird compulsion mm. yeah that what do you do Lawrence oh, I don't know I think maybe around comedy like I was I would tell people that I was doing comedy but I mm. like I was very or, or, or say like I said I used to live in the UK I lived in the UK for 12 years I've only just come back maybe a year and a half two years and uh and so like you know my friends from the UK were always you know they're always asking after me <laughs> But, you know, like, I'll, I'll like, oh, is that or maybe I'll just message them out of the blue and just be like, yeah, doing really great, doing comedy. So, but then also, like, in Ubers and stuff, like, I would just, like, when I was going to the Royal Comedy Heat, I didn't have to tell the guy what I was doing. He was like, oh, what are you, so where are you off to? And I was like, I'm going to the, uh, to the SB to, uh, the Royal Comedy. I'm, uh, I'm actually performing. I'm going to be in the heat. And he was like, oh, well. And then he just, then he started to try and impress upon me his idea of what comedy was. And I was like, this isn't the conversation that I started, okay? I need you to just give me some sort of validation. You listen. Exactly. How dare you? Just tell me I I am successful. Exactly. What if I just, what if I just do my set? Exactly. Like right now. Exactly. Um, Exactly. Yeah. But I've also done that. Like, there's the other, oh my god! Now it's all now that you're saying this is actually coming back to me because, like, we haven't been doing comedy. But like, I'll go over. Oh my god, this is so embarrassing. I'll go over to my friend's place, and you know, like, I'll get a few wines in me, and I'll go. 
don't make me perform. No, 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 I won't. I won't. And then I'm like grabbing a remote control. Are you serious? I am fucking dead serious. I'm as serious as a fucking heart attack. I have literally, like, because oh I'll, I'll just drop it into conversation. Yeah, no, I've been doing a little bit of comedy. And they're like, oh, maybe you should do some. And I'm like, no, no, give me a microphone. Give me a pretend microphone right now because I it is about to burst out of me like the fucking alien creature out of Sigourney Weaver and, like, scuttle across the lounge room and launch onto your face. It's like Bronwyn CrossFit. I have never gone to a party with a Bronwyn. <laughs> Hey, she'll just like do a wall stand or she'll just start to it's do some push ups. <laughs> <laughs> like, don't worry. Ask you, Bron. It's <laughs> called a handstand. <laughs> <laughs> and grown ups can do them too. <laughs> It is, but I. But that's actually really interesting. I do not have the same experience with comedy that you have. I feel like at parties, people will be like, "Oh, you're a comedian. Oh, oh, you're trying to do comedy," and I'll go, "Yeah." And then I'll desperately try and get away from that because oh. people. Are, I don't want that shocked expression. Of or people go, oh, that makes sense. And I'm like, what makes sense about that slut? Like, I can't, I can't, <laughs> I can't take a reaction. Well, nice to meet you, I'm wrong. <laughs> I'll be here all night. Um, for you free. have a remote control. <laughs> Lawrence <laughs> needs it. <laughs> so you both have had careers before you went into comedy. You yes. Made, you've pivoted Good your careers segue. and you have pivoted and it is a transition because it is. it is transitioning away from what your identities were into your new life. What's that been like? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Oh, shit. I don't know. Well, look, it's been so stop-start for me. Like, I actually started comedy so many years ago in 2006. And, but, uh, so it, but even though I did start it back then, it was, like, on and off and more off than on. And so it's really only been in the last year and a half since I've come back to Melbourne that I've actually really tried to make more of it. And, you know, like, I was thinking about it, like, it would be kind of like going to the gym in 2006 for one time only. <laughs> and then in 2020, like, just sauntering into that gym. Yeah, I'm a powerlifter. And fucking do a deadlift. <laughs> and just fucking you back. Um, which I have done. I did that many times at uh, some open mic nights all around Melbourne where I just, like, walked out and I was like, I got this. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah. And so anyway, but then, yes. But what happened? What was that moment that you said, fuck it, I'm just going to give it a go again? Uh, getting getting older, coming back to Australia. Uh, yeah, I just, I don't know, I kind of, well, there, I, there again, I think it's the validation. I just wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't getting the attention that I deserved, maybe. Yeah, okay. I don't know, I just, I, but, but then also... But that's not it. That's that like that's a byproduct of it. I wanted to make something of my life. Yeah, and I, I wanted, think yeah, yeah. the validation like. is something that I fucking like. Exactly, something that you know. Will... Yeah, that you that you that you that fulfills you. And we've given validation a bad rap. Validation is we actually have. really important because yeah. it's about fulfillment and finding your purpose and your identity and and finding a trajectory that's happened. And that's happened for you, Brian. Like in the last. Year since you you know you found comedy you've you've found a part of yourself which makes you like genuinely excited and yeah. happy like you found oh, who you are right yeah yeah definitely I, I I love comedy even the nights where I don't I, I'm like that was horrific mm. it's still better than doing um, year eight sport <laughs> like and, fair enough and I and I love in year eight or <laughs> either way <laughs> either way faking having your period 
As a 13-year-old and a 33-year-old in front of a class, that's never, it's never good. So I, <laughs> but I, like, I love, I love teaching. Like, I love it. I miss it. And I didn't leave it because I hated it. I left it because I was getting jaded. But also, I really wanted to see what comedy was like. Mm. And I knew that that feeling wasn't going to go away. Mm. I knew that that feeling wasn't going away. The thing that scared me about going into comedy is that reaction of, oh, you're trying comedy, which I know that people don't mean it in a nasty way, but because I'm sensitive, because it's terrifying. And do you know what, do you know what else I hate? People, people say, oh, you're so brave. Mm, yeah. And people say that I know it comes from a good place, but it, I feel like it's an insult. It's like, mm. what's brave about this? Mm. Shouldn't you say you're so hilarious? Yeah. <laughs> Moving into a career after, like away from something which it seemed to be kind of like a free ride where you were in with, you know, freelance writing and yeah. I was in with teaching and then moving away from that despite what, you know, what the, the you know, the raised eyebrows and the high-pitched voices. Totally. Oh, okay, oh, yeah, oh, what you, oh, good luck. Yeah. You're brave. Yeah. That is, <laughs> the, like, just ignoring that. I feel like that has come with age. I would not have been able to do that when I was 25. I would not have been able to do that even when I was 30. Like, that would have, that came with, like, years of alcohol abuse. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I find really interesting and terrifying about comedy and why I do think it's really brave. And I'm sorry, Bron, I know you so don't love brave. the compliment. You're so, so brave. brave. You're <sighs> so brave. But, I mean, if you're a fucking trombonist, you get to practice loads alone in your room until you're really good God, at the trombone. you always bring it back to yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Are you going to do a recital? Uh, bring out the trombone. Come on, I've got a remote control. Jesus. <laughs> it's a talent show. Fucking hell. Back to my point, you fuckwit. <laughs> I was going to say something nice about your craft. You can fuck, fuck you with oh, that we're, trombone. That we're brave? Oh, I said it. But you can practice with your trombone or your piano or your fucking horn tube. I don't know instruments in your bedroom. All right. Good enough. <laughs> To be in front of an audience until you're prepared until you're ready, right? You guys don't get that luxury. You, yeah. To practice, you have to go on stage in front of people. You can't do that by yourself in your room. I still Just, do. Yeah, but I, it's not. Do you learn? No, it's not. That's, that way? It's, it's, yeah. it's so different to every other form of art where you can practice in private and fail in private. Mm. Oh, I, yeah. Yeah. I fail both it's in true. private no, and then right. on stage. Thank I you for that trombone analogy yeah. recognition. You no, no, no. Jerk. I, love, I love the trombone. <laughs> but when you say you fail in private, no, actually in private, I like that's where I'm like I'm like make myself giggle. In, like, that's where I go like, I deliver a joke in front of a mirror. I'm like, oh my god, you're a fucking comedy genius. And I'm like, laugh and laugh and laugh. And my kids are like, please raise me. And I'm like, no, I'm laughing. And they're like, I'm starving. And I'm like, I'm laughing. And then they'll go up on stage and I'll deliver it to like a heaps of people. Who, like, not heaps, when I say the heaps, I'm saying yeah. about six comedians who I don't want to be there. I'm like, oh, but remember the time that I said the joke about. My giving, giving birth, and they're like, no. And so I, do, I feel like I have more fun practicing at home and like crafting it for an audience that doesn't really exist yet than for the audience that exists for me now or for us now. Mm. And and just for you, her, they're just for her. <laughs> But it's yeah. So that's what she tells us, and everyone else. (laughs) It's okay. 
Okay, did you need a remote? hell, she's brought it out. I'm good. A couple of seconds away. All right, to finish up, you big brave life changes, you brave, Thank you brave, so brave much. humans. You're so brave. So brave, so brave. Listeners, you can't, hear, you can't hear, you can't see us, but we're holding hands right now. We're brave. She's not actually holding my hand, so everyone. Tell me. My hand out. Battered it away. Coronavirus, so 1.5 minutes away. <laughs> That's true. Um, so tell me about both of you. Bron, you can start a really fucking terrible gig where you actually found out how brave you really are. <laughs> okay, yeah, okay. So I, it was, um, I had only about five gigs under my belt and they were all fine. Like, like there were, some were amazing, some were okay. And I was like, okay, okay, I've experienced a bad gig. And then I had told people at my work where I was working, um, yep, I've got a gig coming up. I posted on my socials and this one bloke from, that I was in this, I shared the same office with was like, yeah, I'll totally come. Oh my God, it's really close to me. I was like, great. Him and his wife, they got a babysitter. They came to this Shit. big night. It was about like... Money had been exchanged. Oh, yes. Gosh. There was 120 people in this place. And I was like, oh my God, of course. And I was on like a pretty good lineup. Like there were, there were names that mattered. And I was like, and I got this gig. Not like because Claire Marshall, trombone player. <laughs> not that She was one. the warm-up. Let's just say. As people filed in to the dulcet tones of Claire's <laughs> trombone. Yeah. No, it was... But there, were, there were comedians that had been on the telly and the only reason why I had got that gig is because he's a comedian that I know who is very kind to me who has been on the telly who has some like leverage she was like can you please put Bron on and the dickhead around the gig was like yeah definitely he put me on and I was like what could go wrong what could go wrong <laughs> I stood up and I do after someone who had absolutely slayed like she had delivered the best set to a, to an audience that like lapped it up and I was like oh my god this is the warmest crowd ever this is incredible couldn't wa- I couldn't wait to get on like I was like like champing at the bit and I <laughs> ran out you were such that's amazing you're very clever yeah like people said jumping it's a, it is champing that's good my she god. teaches English you're so patronizing tonight <laughs> I can't cope you're so brave you can tell and I came I came out I came out into, you can fuck yourself too <laughs> Um, I came out on stage and I delivered my five, I think it was five to seven minutes, so which they usually are, delivered it to a an audience who did not get it. And it was like almost crickets. And I remember seeing in my like in my one line of vision I saw my colleague mm. who I sat and had to sit next to for the rest of the fucking year and his wife and I was like Oh my god! And I wanted to die because when you deliver a gig, like a, like a bit to like a gig, the people that you don't really know, you're like, okay, this doesn't like this hurts. But I know that tomorrow, I will never see them ever again. Mm. But that night, I was like, this is hurting me so much. And please, guys, please pick up what I'm putting down. But no one did. And then at the end, I had to like. Kind of dry, like I got some laughs, but very little. And I it is still to this day. I think I reckon I think about that gig every single day because I had someone there that that um, afterwards I, I saw him the next day at work. He looked at me and he was like, "Oh, 
And then there was going to be some back office, like the girls from HR and accounts. We'll all, you know, have a few, you know, drinks and some little boys, little, you know, toast, <laughs> toast Christmas. No, no, no. It was the full, uh, every production that had been on that year, like the creme de la creme of Sydney theatre, Australian oh. theatre. Like, I remember I walked up to, the, well, look, this is the other thing. It wasn't even, it wasn't. A microphone. It wasn't even a remote control. It was a lectern. <laughs> it was like one of these, like these tiny little skinny microphones that come up. That you like. I just wanted to grab it and pull it out of whatever but sort you of. Couldn't. I couldn't. Yeah. I had to stand there and like white knuckle against this lectern and <laughs> uh, and and also walked up to no 
introduction whatsoever. Oh. Like, not like, hey, this is Lawrence. He works in the box office. He's done a few comedy competitions. He did really well. And now he's going to do some performance yeah. for... Be he's very new. And yeah, so here we go. So not all you... It's not just you cunts who are talented, okay? Yeah. Right? It's because other people. You started from somewhere too. Exactly. <laughs> anyway, so it literally, literally was... And now Lawrence wants to do some comedy. Like, no, like, oh, no, they didn't. Now Lawrence wants to do some comedy. Like, it was so. I was like, cheers, thanks, cheers, oh, thanks, shit. shit, fuck, fuck, shit. Anyway, I woke up. I did the same bit that I did at all the comedy competitions that did really well. Uh, to like, I mean, like, I, I, there was this one particular actress. I'm not gonna say her name, but she was standing like right in front of me. And she just had this look on her face, like, how dare you exist? <gasps> Margaret Thatcher. Let alone, uh... it was totally Margaret Thatcher. <laughs> she had come up from Wagga, from, she it was in the school holidays. Oh. With, they broke into school. So needlework, needlework was out. Uh, anyway, so, but she just was there with this face on, and I, I was like, come on, mate. And then just kept turning to this other actor, saying something about me, then looking back and just going, like, almost like, Oh, oh, oh my god like how how dare he and anyway oh, I just no, I sped through everything there was no spotlight I could see everybody in there it was no. like a couple of laughs oh. here and there and then when it was done I just I walked off and oh. I walked out I walked through the crowd nobody nobody looked at me nobody made eye contact with me and I walked upstairs this is a Christmas party that I was legitimately allowed to be at like I missed out on the prawns but I literally walked out of the auditorium and just like I think I even walked home and I lived like oh, that was Belvoir no. was in <laughs> I walked to the Riverina three days later I walked to Kaepernick <laughs> and then I went to Coolaburn and then I went to Melbourne <laughs> Yeah, it was. Oh, anyway, so so. Great. Yeah. What would you go back and say to that bloke doing that long walk home today? Uh, look, I'd say get a cab. Just, <laughs> just first of all, this is before Uber. Oh my god, the past! <laughs> get, get a fucking cab. Uh, just calm down. It's fine. You don't need to stop doing comedy just because that bitch didn't funny laugh at what you were saying. Oh, or all those bitches. All yeah. the, the whole auditorium just sat there just with this scowl on their face. Like, again, how dare you exist? So, uh, yeah, it's, it's okay to fuck up mm. because, you know, look, it, it is, sounds so cliche that you will learn from this and you'll have a great story. Yeah. You can now co-opt story. this into a fucking stand-up routine. Yeah. And, you know, when, look, it, it's, it's, and also, okay, what's the other thing that I want to say? It is, it's also okay to be vulnerable. Mm. And because I, you know, I mean, growing up gay, living in the Riverina, I know you're thinking it. It wasn't exactly the easiest ride. Um, and so I was very quick to protect myself. I would literally, if anything bad happened, I went, mm, no, okay, well, that's fine. I'm never doing that again. Like, why would I go and put myself actively in a position yeah. where I'm going to feel hurt and pain mm. physically, figuratively, whatever? Like, who who cares? Because I've I've survived that, that life for 18 years or so years so why go back to it so that was so that was that it was just it was literally 
fight or flight and I fly yeah. I flight I flight I flew well, I, I walked all the way home mate so, that's like the most yeah. fucking poignant thing anyone's ever said on this show oh my yeah. god yeah, cancelled season's over yeah but right. but you're right though like I mean like going through the whole time and your your time in Riverina and being like I you know I assumed that there would have been people who picked on you at some point mm. why would yeah. you put yourself in front of a room who were yeah. Who, were, who might pick on you? Yeah, because it is like it's a super vulnerable time to be like, totally. hey, guess what? I think I'm funny enough to tell to yeah. talk to you with a microphone, yeah, or a remote. Felicity Ward. <laughs> Felicity Ward. I love her comedy. Do you know? Felicity yeah, Ward? yeah, she's yeah, yeah. Hilarious. I saw her. I can't remember what it's, what it's called. I think it's is it one plus one that. Oh, it's I don't like know. an interview she's on, kind of she's based. Guilty, she's on Guilty Feminist a lot. Well, it's, it's like an interview. It's on the ABC. But anyway, it was, uh, she put it so eloquently. She was just like, you're standing in front of a group of people and you're going question mark or me question mark. Yeah. yeah. Like, do you like me? And, and, and that in itself was that moment where I was standing in front of those people going, me, question mark, oh. and they were saying, nah, but if you get the that, fuck totally, off. Yeah. yeah. But in that room, like, even though we're like, oh, they're all celebrities, they are people who are desperately trying to prove themselves to yeah, everyone else in the room. True. So you can't, you can't even, you can't, you can never win. And they're seeking their own legitimacy, right? They're looking at each other and they're like, no one's going to be the stand-up person who, like, gives you a kind smile or says, yeah, let's give him a go. Like, they're all yeah. making themselves feel better by saying oh he doesn't belong there totally we're too good for well this. they're protecting them, their own yeah. what they have but it's like how I take responsibility they're just yeah. protecting what they have yeah and blaming everyone else but if they do if you're if someone if Anne had introduced you and said this is Lawrence he is new yeah. he really wants to make it and he's sure and he really respects what you guys have done and he would love that you respect what he is doing and we have all been here that, at some point that would have changed the trajectory of your fucking life, mate. Yeah, yeah for sure. But you probably wouldn't sure. have been as nice and kind and reflective as you are now. I mean, like, failure is a gift, right? Mm. It is a gift because you become a better person. Definitely. Definitely. And you've got some fucking funny stories to talk about. Yeah, That's exactly. really, like, the, the, oh, the, the, the bad it. shit, yeah. the, the trauma in your life... Is what is that's the it's comedy gold mine yeah. that you're that I mine from. Like the the stuff that I talk about being growing up. I'm kind of fortunate that I grew up in the country as well as I'm kind of misfortunate as yeah. well. At the time, a lot of misfortune, but there's a lot of fortune within my misfortune. That mm. like there's a bit that I do about my nickname was Florence. Like that was my oh. nickname. But like I've worked that into a comedy routine that oh. I think has has owned that mm. it, it really took me a long time to actually go okay we're going to talk about this on stage because it was still so like painful. so deeply painful like for me and it was only I only started talking about it in September on stage mm. that's the first time I've actually even admitted it and that was it's the so thing that I think well. kind that of that bit is so funny for the, anyone who gets a chance to come see Lawrence it is that bit is so funny even tonight when I was leaving the house I said to Luke I'm leaving goodbye I'm never coming back he said <laughs> he said who are you interviewing tonight are you interview? and I said yeah Lawrence and he said oh my god by the way I still often think about his Florence joke oh, like it's but it's because it's, oh, it's look. Quite, 
it's clever comedy, but it is it plays on something that happened yeah. that is traumatic that you have turned into absolute gold yeah. because you're clever. I'd love to go back to that to see that bully and just say, hey, you know what? You you really have done me a solid. Yeah. Appreciate it. Kind of ruined my life in the beginning, but like, <laughs> but now for a year and a half, amazing. <laughs> Not even a year. Oh, a year and a half a year. Anyway, whatever. Mm. Here we go. I need to drink some more wine. <laughs> <laughs> this episode has been gorgeous. You have just been such a joy. Mate. Oh, thank you so and much for having me. I really so appreciate much. it. We yeah. have talked our way around the universe. We have. So, for those seeking legitimacy, think about why you're doing it. If you're doing it because you are about to make a big life decision, think about Lawrence's story and. Um, fuck them off and just do it. But if you're doing it because you think you want people to think you're politically minded, maybe um, think again. Or maybe yeah, ask some questions, learn a little bit, listen, and then revisit the idea later when you actually know why you're doing what you're doing. Mm. Reflect, learn, mm. listen, go to the Riverina. Mm. Learn the trombone. Learn it. <laughs> Take a remote home. We've been good chillers. Good this has been Lawrence Driscoll. Thanks Bye, for listening. We'll